Sam Hunter. Welcome to I Am Hunter. Today, uh, you've got Jess, Rod, and Tash. Why am I always last? I like how he All right, you've got Tash, Rod, and Jess. <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> whatever, whatever. We're going to have a chat today to Jesse R. Phillips. The Canadian. what's his what's his Instagram name? The Jesse R. Phillips. The Jesse R. Phillips. Uh, bit of a dude like this guy. Just uh, a bit of a dude. Mostly a not, chick, though. He's not. <laughs> Canadian, he is American, um, really interesting guy and really looking forward to having a chat to him. Um, he's teaching his kids to hunt at the moment and we're going to have a chat about everything to do with, I guess, hunting in the US, who Jesse is um, and pineapple on pizza, which if you're an Aussie and you don't love that, you shouldn't be Australian. <laughs> Hush. <laughs> I'm going to try and get Jesse online now if I can find the damn number. We're calling Jesse on Skype, so give us a second. Hello, Jesse. Good, uh, good night. <laughs> Is it, night there? it is night here, mate. It is it night. It is ten o'clock at night. Well, y'all look great. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Well, Jesse, listen, first of all, thanks for um, jumping on the podcast with us today. Um, uh, we obviously really appreciate it, which is great. Um, this is the I Am Hunter podcast, so we generally talk to other people that um, um, hunt, um, which we know you're going through kind of teaching your kids hunting at the moment um, with some right. of that stuff. So, um, and obviously interesting for us too is the, I, I guess, the... Um, uh, the American background to hunting, um, which is not something right. a lot of Aussie hunters are familiar with. Um, where just to give you a bit of insight, our um, our hunting industry, um, although it's very old and it comes from, I guess, a long tradition um, of hunting, um, it's probably nowhere near as mature as the as the American hunting industry. So um, we'll talk through all that in a minute, but. Um, uh, I, I, no need to really introduce you to anyone here because, um, you know, Jess and Tash, um, and we know you love pineapple pizza, um, and we'll talk about that again soon. And, uh, but, uh, first of all, how about, um, we just get you to introduce yourself and, just um, and let us... Um, have you yeah. got it recording? Are you recording here? I'll, um, I'll record this now. Because otherwise this is going to be a very one-sided conversation. Yeah. Well, we've got him, we've got him on voice anyway. Um, okay. Yeah, tell us a bit about Jesse. All right, hold on. All right, let's see. It's doing something weird on this end. Okay. All right, can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you, yep. Sweet. Well, um, I'm not very good at talking about myself, but I was born in a house uh, that I built with my own hands. And a, um, you were born in a house <laughs> that you built with your own hands? At a very young age, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I'm just kidding. So I was, uh, yeah, I grew up in the south of the United States. Um, Mississippi is the state I'm from. Yep. Um, very rural area, very uh, kind of backwoods, I guess you would call it. Um, a lot of whitetail, squirrel hunting, 
um, rabbit, quail, um, a lot of the smaller games. Um, grew up with a big family. I had 13. There was 13 of us, uh, 12 brothers and sisters, and my dad was a minister. Um, Where are you in the pecking order, Jesse? In the pecking order. I'm kind of I'm fifth from the top, so I'm kind of like yep. just in the middle. Is there yeah. a middle child syndrome when there's 13? I, I don't I don't think so because I'm, I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's middle child syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. The middle child. I don't know if the middle child syndrome is a good thing or a bad thing. Tasha's got it. It just pretty much means that you get forgotten. A lot. Nobody uh, remembers that you exist. I mean, there's 13 kids in their family. Yeah, that's true. You, Probably everyone's the middle forget, child. How could you forget that Tosh doesn't exist because she doesn't stop talking? <laughs> that's so true. But they well, still forget. It's middle hard child. to forget now because she's bigger. Yeah. I'm rounder. Got big round, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Getting bigger by the second. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping that during the podcast we uh, get to see the baby born. That's my goal. So. Yeah, um, I did say that the one thing I wasn't allowed to do in this podcast was go into labor, and he's like, I really hope you go into labor. So. Yeah, I'm, I won't be happy with that either, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess going back to, uh, yeah, anyway, very close family. My dad um, taught us everything. I know about hunting. We didn't get to go hunting a whole lot growing up, a couple times a year, because we uh, rented the land that we were on. We grew up about, on about 300 acres. Um, that's kind of where my hunting background came from. Uh, then, you know, getting older, got married, went to the Marine Corps. Uh, I've been in the Marines for 10 years. My, I've always enjoyed hunting, but once I started, we had three kids, young kids. Um, once they were born, I kind of quit hunting. Um, all the time, like I was, just to spend more time with my family. But now that they're six, about to turn seven, my little boy is two, about to turn three, they're so excited about going to the woods. So the past two years, I've been able to kind of start getting back into it more. And the older they get, the more we're going to be able to uh, spend more time in the woods together. So yeah. it's become, instead of just a hobby for me, it's become time for the whole time. It's good. We love it. Yeah, great, great. So at the moment, your your daughter your daughter is the oldest child. She's got twins. twins. Oh, twins. Yeah. Oh, twin right. And you yeah. thought you were unlucky with two I girls. I know. I know. <laughs> he got two in my, one. My condolences, <laughs> by the way. You've got you've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> no, when I see uh, when I see y'all working together and everything, it makes me excited about uh, my kid because my girls. Have very good relationship now, and I'm always worried that when I get older, they might think I'm not cool anymore and move on. But family's like, y'all getting along and enjoying life. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, we still don't, think, we he's, think he's that cool. Yeah, <laughs> we just kind of like keep him around for the laughs. Uh, see, well, laughs. That's cool. You know, they just don't. Yeah. They, they don't appreciate dad jokes yet. You know? I'm never going to appreciate a dad joke. Yeah. Well, no, no, never. It's an acquired technique. Dad jokes through the palm. <laughs> <laughs> Only other dads like dad jokes. I think they're awesome. <laughs> we anyway, do think that you're they awesome. Are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, certainly I'm, I'm sure as your kids get older, um, I mean, the one thing that I guess um, I've found with uh, just family in general, I mean, the more time you invest, obviously the better outcomes you get. Mm. So, um, you know, there is no... 
no substitution for time. Um, you know, right. the, the, you 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 can try and pay for attention. You can try and you know, um, I guess facilitate attention somehow. But um, the the best thing you can ever do with your kids is exactly what you're trying to do now, and that's spend time with them out in the woods and and um, and get about them. You know, as you do, and um, and and just invest that time. Mm. And uh, you don't have to worry about them going away at that stage. It's hard to get rid of them, you know. And, <laughs> Dad knows so, that for a fact. Yeah, I turn 26 yeah. next month and still live at home. Yeah. <laughs> He's been trying to kick me out for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, anyway, what, what have you taken your kids hunting, hunting for so far? So, um, well, first of all, I really appreciate you saying that because here in not that you're an old man, but you're a little older than I am. You have kids. But it is nice to see that, uh, just to see that my goal that I'm shooting for, I can look at y'all and kind of see what it might look like. It's yeah. really encouraging to watch. So y'all keep doing what you're doing. Uh, um, but uh, whitetail is, is mainly the uh, species we hunt. Um, a little bit of squirrel hunting. The kids are still kind of young, so they're still learning how to shoot, uh, you know, and squirrel hunting. They're they're small little critters running in the trees, so they we do a little bit of that, but mainly whitetail because it's a little easier. You can for them to get a kill that way. Um, yeah. So whitetail, rabbit. Um, yeah, that's about all we have. You don't have we pigs. We have turkey and all that. Turkey's a whole nother. What's that? You don't have pigs. We do have pigs. Uh, the area that I'm at, we don't we don't have a lot of them, uh, but I do plan on taking them pig hunting later this summer. Yeah, uh, okay. once I get back on my feet, we're going to Texas and shoot some pigs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You just spoke about turkeys. Now, um, I mean, this wasn't part of anything <laughs> we were going to ask you, but <laughs> but what it intri- the the American turkey hunting intrigues me. I, I mean, I I. Uh, like I don't, I enjoy bird hunting. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and uh, I don't know how much turkey hunting you've done, but but um, it seems to be that there's this whole kind of you know real um, big push around the turkey hunting every year. And um, I, I guess you know with you got a national holiday that's associated with turkey roast and all this kind of stuff as well. And um, but but that hunting of the turkey, I mean, and the beard and all this kind of stuff. We don't we don't really have that here yeah. in Australia at all. There's no bird hunting season other than the duck season that um, yeah. really even even duck season. Yeah, it, it doesn't like... it doesn't match what you guys do with turkey. So what what is it about turkeys that? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I mean, it's just like a, it's a bird that and it's it not a pretty even one. Fly properly. Yeah. <laughs> do they fly? <laughs> Does a turkey fly? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. It, it, it almost in the South, at least, um, it's almost a cult following yeah. of when turkey hunting hits. It's like everybody stops what they're doing. That's all everybody wants to talk about. Everybody quits going to work. You know, they go to work late and take off early because of turkey season. Um, you know, to be to be completely transparent, I've never gotten bitten by the turkey hunting bug. Yeah, I've been. Uh, but my my buddies that are like completely into it, it's just the it's a different. They're really smart, and um, it's it's a lot more like whitetail. It's easy. 
to kind of it's more of a hunt with a turkey instead of a shoot, if that makes sense. It's, you hear them, and then you have to figure out how to get up close to them, and it's a bird that doesn't like to be you get up close to. Yep. You call them in, you, you know, you set up, you call them in, and then you can hear them coming in, and they're gobbling back, and it's a it's a lot more of a, in a it's a lot more than just sitting there waiting to shoot something. Okay. So you're actually on the ground, yep. in the bushes, trying to sneak around, and it's, a, it's an adrenaline rush, like, you yeah, know, like you don't get with just sitting there waiting on something to walk out and shoot. Yeah, okay. So with whitetail hunting, do you guys do mostly out of like blinds and stuff like that or stands? Well, yeah, I I do with my kids just because it's hard to do much stalking with them. Yeah. But personally, I like to be on the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, bow hunting, off, you, you're up a lot close on the ground, uh, but yeah, either climbing stands or we have these old box stands or blinds or anything like that that makes it a little bit easier to actually put meat on the table. Yeah. 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 And so turkey's more more like spot and stalk. Is that? That's a lot more, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Yeah, which is most most of the hunting here in Oz. I mean, we've got, um, I think, seven deer species. Uh, we've got the buffalo, and then we've got a number of things which are either considered kind of feral or just uh, nuisance animals. Um, uh, feral like fox, uh, wild dogs, pigs, pigs um, and then you've got possums and stuff like this, some wallabies which you can hunt. Camels. Um, camels, donkeys. Um, but then you've got, like, you've got your main kind of seven species of deer, and... Um, other than some of the stupid animals that are out there that just kind of stand around and don't do much, um, the almost all of them are spot and stalk, um, and some are dog based. You know, you, you use dogs and, and stuff like that, like very uh, um, very much the pigs and stuff like that. A lot of guys uh, are hunting with dogs and stuff like this. So, um, not that you can't spot and stalk them. It's just that, um, that that's quite a popular way to do it with the dogs. But um, right. almost everything else is spot and stalk um, here yeah, in Australia. Yeah, you won't We're... hear much blind hunting or, or like stand hunting in Australia. No. you got like guys, I... guys that do it, but um, when they do, um, like I've got, I've got a stand, um, a tree stand. Um, I've used it, I think, maybe three times. He put me in it one time <laughs> and went off by himself. Just so I, because I knew I could leave her in the tree and she wouldn't get lost. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but yeah, they're very very seldom used. Um, mm. Almost everything's on on foot, and so it's training yourself to obviously. You know, know uh, where the animal's going to be in the morning, where they're going to be in the afternoon, use wind, you know, all that kind of thing um, to right. try and make sure that you're giving yourself the best opportunity. All right, I want to segue. What, being an American, what is your opinion? Didn't you say he was Canadian? Yeah, he's Canadian. <laughs> I was about to say thank you for, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Sorry, being a Canadian, <laughs> what, okay. what's your opinion on the Australian gun laws? What do you guys hear about it? It's a really interesting one because we always hear oh, the, yeah. the media in the US using Australia as this great, you know, example, this yeah. great example of gun well, control. So, so yeah, so <laughs> uh, that's a good question because the me- the mainstream media tries to paint it as this wonderful thing. Yeah. But most of 
most of us uh, red-blooded Canadians. Um, <laughs> most of us see most of us see through that and see that it's uh, you know it's not a good. I remember when did see I'm I'm not good you know, with my history, but when did the the gun law change to where they started? Where it got really bad. 1996. Yeah, 96. Yeah. Uh, there okay. was a there was a mass thought, shooting, actually here in Tasmania where we are. I remember um, as a kid seeing a magazine of my dad would show me it was in Australia and it was a I think it was a gun confiscation or something and they were destroying a bunch of weapons. Yeah. Yeah, the buyback and, they called it. Yeah, and my dad showed me that and was like, "This is what, this is not good." Yeah. <laughs> Use yeah. that as an example. So yeah. personally, I've always looked at Australia as man, that's a tough place to be for for people like me, for us, you yeah, know, people yeah. like us, yeah, to live, try to to get around. Um, so yeah, in the early '90s, that's when I started noticing that the news was saying it was a good oasis, and we should be like more like Australia. And most of us here, are like, uh, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Well, most of us here are like, maybe we can go to America and get some guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, Canada. We, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Go on, sorry. I've been trying to get y'all to move to America since I met you. So <laughs> One day you will succeed. One yeah. day. <laughs> it's like a big family to bring over, though. So, yeah. yeah. Got to bring us all. Summer home or something over here. Yeah. 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 That's it's um it's something we've contemplated a few times, and it, we we're yet to hunt the U.S. We've we've hunted a number of countries, but um, uh, definitely on our list for you know to get over there and actually do some hunting. Mm. Um, over in the U.S. and um, I mean I've got a, um, my number one absolute have to hunt at some stage is a bear. I don't care yeah. what bear. Just but, a bear. Um, <laughs> but I, I really Yogi want bear. to go bear hunting. So um, it, it, that definitely that means that we're going to be over there at some stage. So yeah. um, yeah, which would be real. good. It's a really interesting one because like you know we look at it and we hear all of this stuff from America saying that you know oh every time anything happens you know oh we should be more more like Australia, but here we have such issues with the reporting on it. Yeah. So like only recently Mum's got quite involved in the kind of politics side of it um, with the Shooters, Fishers, and Farmers Party and actually starting to find out some of the issues around the reporting and things because the media here they don't like to classify the difference between illegal gun ownership crime or crime that's done with illegal guns and then crime that's done with with guns that are owned by law-abiding citizens um so that's one of the biggest issues that we have is the divide between the two Mm. and actually working out what's just criminals being criminals and what's actual firearms owners? Because at the end of the day, firearms laws are only going to affect the people that are abiding by the law to begin with. People right. who are, people who are committing crimes are going to continue to commit crimes regardless. So, so a large large portion of our gun related crime here is generally with illegal uh, illegal guns. Mm. Um, and but the 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 newspaper know, and all of the news outlets know that the best thing they can do is bundle everyone into one group and yeah. say, this is a firearm owner or, you know, a gun owner. And they use these terms like gun owner shoots blah, blah. or And it doesn't mean right. that that's a registered firearm. It doesn't mean he's a licensed yeah. firearm owner or anything like that. It just means he's a gun owner, you know, and who knows where he got the gun from. Um, but they use these kinds of terms to incite um, yeah. e- even further, you know, uh, I guess, um, angst against 
um, uh, firearms and anyone that, that actually lawfully owns and uses mm. a firearm. Some of it's scary too. Like, you know, they talk... They, the, I think some of the, the, the... What really frustrates the crap out of me, what really gets to me is how much they... they they try and make out like you're some crazy conspiracy theorist if you start saying what's going to happen when they start water when they start um, restricting guns more and they start restricting access to guns. Immediately, you put in this this box of conspiracy theorist, and so your opinion is no longer valid, right? But we've got yep. those issues here in Australia, like like having registries for your firearms, right? So that it, it seems smart enough when you just say when you just talk about the basics of it, you talk about the underlying. You go, oh well, we need to know where the firearms are, and we need to know who owns them in case anything goes wrong. Yeah, that's fair enough. But we had an issue here what two years two ago, years ago yeah. with the ABS, the, with the our Bureau of Statistics got hacked when they did the census, and everybody's data got stolen. And it's like if we can't trust the government with information like that, why would we trust them to put together a list of all the names and addresses? of every firearm, every registered firearm in the country and have that sitting on a computer somewhere for anyone to come and grab. Mm. You know, and when yeah. the, and we've had it where the media have got a hold of that and they say, oh, in this suburb in Sydney, in New South Wales, there is a civilian arsenal of this many firearms. And it's like, how on earth do you know that when this information is supposed to be completely private? 100% yeah. yeah. private for police eyes only. You know? So there's a lot of issues associated with what, what we've got. And there's a lot of questions that have been raised by lawful firearms owners um, because, I mean, for the most part, and, the, and this is where it gets a little bit um, hard to deal with because most of the lawful firearm owners just want to be left alone. Mm. You know, they just, uh, they just want to go about and do, it, do their thing, you know, go hunting, you know, enjoy some time out with their kids and whatever and their family. Um, harvest an animal, you know, take that home and, and feed their family and things like this. Or they might want to go hunt a trophy or something like that as well or, or, or whatever. But um, Or they might be doing crop protection or, or any of a myriad of things, sports shooting or something. And, and But they get dragged into this whole, um, I guess, political issue because we're now at a stage in Australia where, um, you know, you have to have an excuse um, to own a firearm. So that's the first thing. Um, you can't actually own one without a valid reason. Mm. Um, so to have a valid reason, you have to be a part of some form of club. Um, and that club is going to have your address and details straight away. So, um, and that club is not a government organization. It's just a club. Mm. Um, we had, we, we had firsthand, we saw issues with this because I registered at a pistol club um, a couple of years ago, yeah, there's a huge process you've got to go through here to try and get a pistol. And so I started that process, applied for the exemption from the commissioner, joined a club, and within two months, our house got broken into, and the only thing that they touched in all the area they broken into, they broke into was these small little containers that you could fit a handgun in. Those dad had probably two and a half grand worth of tools sitting right there in a bag, ready to pick up and walk out with, and they didn't even touch it. The bag was they didn't open even touch too. It. So they could, they would have seen all that stuff to go through that the door they came through, and yet all they done is went through my reloading yeah. bench and, and went up through all our little every containers. small container in the reloading bench. Obviously, and the police said the same thing when they, they turned knew. up. That they they knew. Within, in two weeks, there'd been seven break-ins and every single person that had been broken into had 
either recently registered or had previously been registered with a pistol club. Yeah. So it's like... Was, did somebody steal steal that information from the pistol club, or was it a? Well, club? He, like, this this is the thing that that your your pistol club will have it. This this the the police, um, will, have the police will have it. The the firearms registry will have your details as well. Um, and the, then all of all the every agency you you purchase the 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 firearms through, they have your your information as well. And then you'll have uh, the valid reason, which is generally um, it doesn't have to be the same as that pistol club. It can be something like the Sports Shooters Association, which we have here in Australia. Um, so you can have up to five groups. Well, and then you've got service tiles um, as well. Yes. And then, so that's yeah, like your, sorry. Um, it's like game where you registration. Guys get your licenses, your driver's licenses. The DMV, yeah, like the yeah. Department of so, yeah. so there could be up to six or seven agencies that have your details and know exactly what you own. Yeah. Um, you know, from a firearms perspective. And uh, I think you guys should do what your dad did and just, like, start using Australia and taking it and being like, no, this is what happens when you have gun control. <laughs> yeah. like, find the opposite. Well, like... You know, um, a, lot of, a, lot of us, a lot of us are. And that, that's kind of, I mean, just hearing y'all talk about it, it's just, it reminds me just... Um, how blessed we are yeah yeah a lot of times you know now there's a there is a big push to take away to regulate gun control take away some automatic take away 30 round mag they're always trying yeah. to take away and that what you said the statement that you said rod about you have to have an excuse yeah. in australia to have a weapon yeah well our excuse is in our constitution and it's yeah. the right to bear arms yeah and the reason to the reason we have that right is not to hunt it's yeah. not to fit. It's not to to recreate. It's to have to stand up against the government if they go rogue. Yeah. yeah. That's that is the the God given right that all Americans have is to have enough firepower to stand against the government if they go rogue. Yeah. So they don't like that's the baseline. So all the all the there's you know in, in our media there's a lot of well you don't need a AR-15 to hunt. You know yeah. what do you need thirty rounds to hunt? You're not you know whatever you need a double barrel shotgun and that's it. Well, that's not why we have the right to bear arms to hunt. Yeah. It's not about hunting. Yeah. Now it helps us out. You know, I love hunting, but that's not why I care. That's not why we have a constitutional right. It's so we can stand up against the government because governments are corrupt. They're always yeah. Are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why we fight tooth and nail, and NRA and a lot of good organizations here mm. fight tooth and nail every every bit of regulation that they try to put on it because in state they're trying to be like y'all. Yeah, They're trying yeah. to make it take strip it, strip it, strip yeah. it. And the places that have the strictest gun laws, like Chicago and LA and San Francisco, have the highest gun crimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we know those stats as well, which yeah. just blows you away. Because good people with Not guns don't literally. have them. Yeah. Or good people don't have the guns, and the yeah. bad people get yeah. them anyway. Yeah. And then it's like a fishbowl. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that blows my mind that people can. They can look at any other organization. They can look at big business. They can look at all sorts of organizations and go, oh, no, that's so corrupt and there's so many issues there. Yet when it comes to government, somehow they think it's some kind of idyllic oasis where only the best people in society society, possibly (laughs) end up. And it's like, no, the same people that that you accuse for being corrupt in an organization can be elected into office just as easily. You know, it just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Jesse, um, uh, tell us a little bit about your military background. I, and before if you're you do, allowed. I'll, uh, yeah, don't tell us anything, obviously, <laughs> that you're not allowed to tell us. But <laughs> just like, don't tell us. Tell us. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, uh, uh, why it intrigues me, I guess. Um, uh, my, my, my father was in the military for 23 years, I think. Um, I think it was 23 years, Australian military. Um, he was a, a primarily, primarily a physical training instructor. Um, then okay. went on to be a warrant officer, and then uh, I think he left as a captain or, or something like that um, uh, some time ago. He's probably his blood is probably green, um, so um, <laughs> he's um, he he basically lived and sweated the army for for many years, and, and still loves it to this day, obviously, and. And uh, so it'd be great to hear from you about your experience. I mean, having 10 years as a Marine, I think you said? Yeah, 10 years. Um, so where I'm about in July, I'll hit 10 years. I, uh, in the Marine Corps infantry. So I'm a, they call us ground pounders or grunts or yep. basically we're the, we're the guys on the ground doing the, the dirty work and usually don't get enough food and don't get enough, you know, don't have a good, don't get a bath often enough. And all that. So <laughs> they, don't, they don't give you pineapple on the food. pizza? Is that why you don't What's like that? it? They don't have any pineapple for your pizza? Never. <laughs> It'd be hard for, like, like fat kids to get yeah, in it. Because, you know, you, you always talk about how you're survive. a fat kid. And if they don't give you enough food... Say that again. How did you survive being a fat kid in the army if they don't give you enough food? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm not in the army. I'm a Marine. There's a big difference. Right. Well. And second of all, I, I still am a fat corn. kid in my soul uh. <laughs> i've been able to i've been able to work some of the fat off but laying around after this injury i've, I've i can feel my cheeks getting fat <laughs> and, uh, so you in a month and i'll be back being fat kid status but um yeah so you know during my time so i i the way i did it was i went through the the marine corps reserve route so you you train you you basically are on call a couple times or uh throughout the year um yeah. and then you get deployment so we went to peru afghanistan stuff like that then you go for an extended period of time but when i'm back in the states I only go in for a couple of days a month right so it, it makes it where i can have a career outside of the military so yeah 10 years 10 years for me is a lot different than 10 years it's full-time that's all that you know living in a barracks for 10 years yeah, yeah. Okay. i wouldn't be able to have a family you know i wouldn't be able to have the family life and the everything i do if i if i would have been gone that route yeah. So I'm, I've been very blessed to, uh, you know, very blessed to have the career I've had. Um, so, yeah, so we've just, uh, it's fun um, to train, trying to think of how to describe it. Uh, Marine infantry is very, very just bare bones. Yeah. Uh, you shoot, you shoot bad guys and you train to shoot bad guys and you don't need, you know, you do a lot of hiking, a lot of wear and tear in your body. Yeah. And, uh, so um, it's fun, but I'm glad, I, you know, now I'm kind of up against the wall. I'm halfway to retirement. Uh, this past deployment, I got beat up kind of and had some injuries to get fixed. And yep. so I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to stick it out or go ahead and hang up the old spurs and just be a family man from now on. So, yeah, right. Okay. So what, what, do you mind if I ask what happened to your knee? Uh, well, I've, I fell in a pit. Nothing romantic. We were on a <laughs> romantic. <laughs> I would have rather been blown up by an IED, but, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we had plenty of those. And we, yeah. we got, you know, we had all of, 
Oh, plenty of chances to get a cool injury, but I didn't. I, I did fall in a hole during a, during a little tick we were in and um, blew out my knee and broke my foot and all that. But the thing is, I, they were trying to send me home. I stayed there till the, till our job was, you know, till the deployment was over. Yeah. Which made it turn into a lot bigger issue once I finally started getting it fixed. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you tell your wife yeah. that it was cooler than it was, though? Like, it was a really big hole, at least. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> it was dug by the Taliban. <laughs> that hole you was know. dug by the Taliban, for sure. You know, I'm an honest man. If, if I went over there and came back with injuries, I could have I could have played them up. And I was like, no, I, I was clumsy, and I fell in a pit. So. Yeah, that would be me. <laughs> yeah, how did you... Um, if, you've been, if you've been to the desert of Afghanistan in Helmand, it's... Uh, you know how big the pits are. It's just it's, desert, and then all of a sudden there'll be a big pit they dig for water, and you'll just disappear. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because um, it's funny that you're saying if you've been to Afghanistan in the desert because we we spent a bit of time in Saudi Arabia, and um, we ha- we used to have phone calls from family members all the time where they would be like, "Oh, we heard on the news that there was like this car bomb at a market in Iraq in Baghdad," and we're like, "And they're like, are you guys okay?" And we're like. We're in Riyadh in Saudi. Yeah. That's like it's like asking someone. Oh, well, I'm going to use an Australian example. It'd be like asking someone in Hobart in Tasmania if they heard a car backfire in Queensland. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah. people just think they're like, oh, the Middle East. No, that's all one thing. Right? Yeah, you're all together. It's all just one hole. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have trouble explaining that to um to the rest of your American mates and everything that are not in the military? about what y'all just said about yeah about afghanistan and what it was like and (laughs) yeah no i I would uh you know something big would happen at you know it would be in afghanistan but it would be you know at kabul or somewhere else and they would you know i would finally check my email and there'd be 10 people wondering if i'm alive because they heard you know yeah you know it'd be the difference of being like you know i'm in mississippi and be like hey you know a bunch of people got killed in california are you okay yeah yeah Yeah. well you know that's all the way it's so far away i can't even tell you how far it is yeah uh, so yes we i definitely definitely ran into that yeah awesome <laughs> so how did you find afghanistan yourself i mean obviously What's you're that? there how did you find afghanistan yourself i mean obviously you went there in a military capacity but um you i know. don't think it's like a hot tourist destination yeah that's <laughs> right. i mean i only asked i asked the question because we well, I dragged dragged my wife and the kids over to to the Middle East. Um, on I was on contract over there, um, not in any military capacity at all. Just you know, gun for hire for for technology, um, which sounds gun good. For hire. But, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. use when you're talking to a soldier. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But um, so just earning earning the bucks, mate. That's all. Just earning the money, and uh, and uh, we were you know obviously very safe and whatever, but. Um, but still, um, I, I find it hard just to articulate the difference between, um, that culture and our own Yeah. to anyone back here. I mean, you start talking about it, people's eyes glaze over or they just, they, they just really don't get it. They don't get how different it is. And, uh, yeah. And that's why it's so hard for me to answer. And I probably won't answer the way I normally do being that this is a public uh, podcast. <laughs> the, the, way, the way to get them to actually not glaze over is to tell them, like, to tell them how it really is. Yeah. And um, 
I'll, I'll, this is, you know, kind of funny. I'm going to, you know, I'm kind of a, I am a Marine, I'm a grunt, I'm a jarhead, all that, but I'm also kind of an artist that I write. You know, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker and a photographer, so I'm, I'm kind of a, kind of a artsy, uh, fartsy kind of dude. So I've always looked for the beauty in things when I go places. Like yeah. that, I try to figure out how it can inspire me to, to be better at my craft. So the first week or two in Afghanistan, maybe the first three weeks, I was so intrigued with the people. Like, you know, they lived in mud huts. Yeah. They didn't have any electricity. I mean, it, nothing has changed over there yeah. in the past, you know, 6,000 years. You know, it's exactly the same. They're still eating rotten goat. They're still wiping with their hands. They don't have running water. Yeah. You know, it's exactly the same. But at the same time, like, they would, in the middle of the desert, they would figure out how to get water to their little flower bed, and they would have flowers. Yeah. And they would have they would have little patches of grass to pray on at night when they did their nightly prayers. And they had they would, you know, spend so much time and effort for just a, a little bit of beauty. Mm. And that was really intriguing to me. And it was like I did a lot of writing about it. I was like, man, these people are so you know, they're not quite as different as, you know, they're not so far away from the way we are. And then I won't tell what, what started but about three weeks in I decided that's not they're not that cool anymore and yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there were some yeah. things like that in... I don't care how many flowers they yeah yeah dad dad had a similar it, experience it was... over there just he just stopped reading the newspaper like yeah, you go yeah. to read the news and catch up and make sure that you know what's going on in the country that you live in and there was just that much crap in there about what was going on, you know, news stories that you just couldn't even dream up the horror yeah. of what was happening. And so dad just stopped reading it altogether. You know, it was like, I don't, I don't even, yeah. I can't even know about it at all. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot hidden, that's for sure in, in those countries. And, yeah. and there's a lot that, about those cultures that, uh, has not been exposed and mm. people don't understand. And um, yep. and even you know, unless they see it themselves, I think people would remain blind anyway. Yeah, yeah. Kieran, um, you know. our brother, he got in trouble for it coming back here. He was sitting in class one day at school, and they started talking about um, I don't even know what class it's it was. religion. It was yeah. yeah, it was a religion. A religion yeah. class, and, and he was going to a Catholic school. Yeah. yeah, and the teacher had a go at him and got stuck into him because she was telling him that he was lying. And about... she asked him first of all to. Talk to the class about. Um, no, no, he'd started, He'd made some comment about Islam or something. No, like that, that was what it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah she had uh, she had prompted him to, yeah. to say something because she knew that he had lived in Saudi Arabia. This teacher idolized Islam as well. Yeah. So I mean, she was working at a Catholic school. She was she's an Australian woman, but she idolized it. So when I was in her class two years beforehand, I was like, she said the same stuff to me, and I was like, ah, look. <laughs> not really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Kieran made the mistake of being honest and being brutally honest about what happens, you know, as religious as they may be, that this is how they treat their maids and this is how they still have slaves and they have yeah. and they and they do these kinds of things and and, and the um, public beheadings and, yeah, and, yeah, and public beheadings and stuff like this that that go on and and 
she basically she she got really upset with she him. She flat out accused him of lying. Yeah. And, and sent him to the principal's office, and mum and dad had to end up ended up having to. Yeah, come it was to me school. at the time because Beck was working up <laughs> yeah. Brisbane at that stage, and um, so um, the kid's mum was flying fly out, and uh, and so I got the call and I went into the school and I had to front up with this teacher and say, you know, you got no reason to accuse my kid of anything. He's telling you the truth, and if you don't believe it, it's your bad luck. So, um, and, uh, and so the, you know, I was here with the principal and this teacher accusing my son and, you know, and I, I was just like, listen, I don't care what lies you want to tell everybody else, but he's telling you the truth. And, um, uh, so like it or lump it, that's the way it is. And, uh, and of course, you know, she was told to go on a merry way as much (laughs) as she, she didn't like the outcome of the meeting, but, um, uh, you know. She she then I mean for a little while she tried to make a few ha- other hassles for him and whatever else but it all kind of got washed over and mm. she decided never to ask him about the truth of the matter ever again so you know, right. yeah but it's um, really sad it's really sad it's like I know in in the U S we're not allowed to like the news doesn't talk about it and if you very similar if you talk to somebody like me who wants to be honest about what the what it really like over there. You get shined, and it's like, no, we can't talk about that. But Islam is also held up in this pedestal of this awesome. We need to, you know, we need to be all inclusive and let all that happen here. And it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't need to happen here. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's evil. A lot of it's not good. Yeah, yeah I agree. You know, I love the people because God says to love them, and I don't like them. And yeah, mean, and not not as a not as a general. Um, I I love everyone. Yeah. And there's people that I would die for in a heartbeat, but seeing how they treat their kids, yeah. like yeah. their little girl's little face covered fall off and you're going to get a stick and beat her until she bleeds. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Like, what, what kind of like, I'm sorry, but I don't, uh, it's just hard to wrap your head around. Like, how can I respect you as a man yeah. if you're going to do that to a child? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's yeah. a very, you know, that's a very minor thing. Yeah. I yeah. Like, you know, saw a lot worse than that, but it's yeah. like, how, how am I supposed to respect you as a human if, as a grown man, you're going to hurt a child because she, you know, a six-year-old let her little face, you know, her, her face mask slip. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. to take an um, eight- or a nine-year-old girl and sell her off to some 30- or 40-year-old man, you know, as, a, as his third or fourth wife. Mm. Like that. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's something I can't understand across culture or anything. I just can't understand that in this day and age you could have that happen and people could go, yeah, that's totally normal. That's totally yeah. fine. It's you just know? their culture. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. It, mm. I know who'd be taking the stick, Jesse. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a few times over there that, um, uh, you know, I'd, uh, I was um, uh, very close to going to jail myself because of my reactions to a few things, so... Oh, I ended up having to go to boarding school because yeah. at 14 years old, 15 years old, like we had to wear the full abaya while we were there since the time we yeah. got there because I was yeah. 12 or something, yeah. So we had to cover up fully. But even even with the cover up on, we were at supermarkets and stuff like that. I was having guys wolf whistle at me and try and come up to me and grab at me and stuff like that. Because I had my wrists and my ankles like would flash. Yeah, that's when I often walked, that's know? often like something that people joke about. Like, oh, they saw an ankle, but <laughs> legitimately, legitimate. they they see an ankle and they're like, oh hi. And it's like, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Dad 
I nearly beat the crap out of this guard at my school once. Because yeah. um, because everywhere there's, there's guard stations everywhere there. All of the yeah. compounds. Have I was wearing around them, as we're, you know. wearing a pair of flip flops, so I was showing too much ankle. <laughs> And, uh, and he gave me he gave me a, a mean old look and then you know a bit of a pat and that was the end of it for me. <laughs> I don't think that's how the story no. went. I was walking out to the car from school and um, yeah, this guard in the in the Humvee that was in the like little what what do they call it where they had the little gun station anyway on the corner of the compound starts a wolf- pillbox yeah a, starts yeah. wolf whistling at me and there's pillboxes everywhere in Saudi Arabia with thirty cows. Yeah. They're just they're every couple of corners. There was one right behind our house. Yeah. Like like our backyard and then we had our fence and there was a pillbox. Yeah. It was great. So Yeah. Yeah, you get Anyway, um, needless to say, Dad I've never seen Dad see red so quickly and he nearly jumped the barricade and beat the crap out of this guy. <laughs> but he he settled for some harsh words and some very yeah. Some very choice words. Yeah. But, um, it wasn't long after that that I was back in Australia and at boarding school. Yeah. <laughs> in an all-girls Catholic people, boarding school. People like us, that just our cultures are different. And, mm. Um, mm. you know, there's things over there that if, you know, just like you said, if it happens about having your family over here, you would react and take care of the situation. Yeah. Over there, if you react that way, then it'll be an international incident. Yeah. And people would die. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's a sticky spot. I, 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 it's very brave of you to take the family there, but after going there myself, I would never, I'm never going to take my family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Smart yeah. move. Yeah. Smart move. Yeah. Albeit, like, Saudi's nothing, nowhere near as bad as any of those war-torn places, but you still get the same... Um, the culture's the same. Yeah, the culture's yeah. very similar. Yeah. So, And I've been to most of those countries. Or I haven't been to Afghanistan, but, um, but I had to travel as part of my work through a lot of those countries, so... Um, there is a familiarity amongst them that it just crosses borders, yeah. you know, and uh, you it's know got to I do think, with their culture. I don't know how much you guys would have experienced it, but I, I reckon the, the one thing that stuck with me the most is the, the racism over there yeah. that they can show towards other people. Like, it's something... It, being from a Western country, you feel like Western people are the only ones that get labelled as racist. That we're the only ones capable of being racist. We're the only ones that would ever judge anyone for their skin colour or judge anyone for, for where they came from. But over there, it is next level. I have never seen such racism against other people. Like, the Saudis especially, there's a hierarchy. Yeah. And if you're, if you're low enough on that hierarchy, you're, to them, you're worse than a dog. Like, you're not worth anything as a human, you know? And you're talking about entire countries of people. Like, is it Nigerians or Sudanese or something like that? It's like the bottom of the ladder. And yeah, along with the Nepalese just, and the... They treat them mm. worse than dirt, you know? And that, that really stuck with me. I, that got me. I just couldn't believe that you could treat someone so badly just because of the country that they came from. Mm. Right. Or the, you know, the religious group that they're affiliated yeah. with. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was something that we weren't allowed over there. We weren't allowed our Bibles. Like, we weren't allowed to celebrate Christmas. We took Christmas trees that we weren't <laughs> supposed were, to take. They were black market Christmas yeah. trees. That's it. We, we smuggled Christmas into Saudi. <laughs> but, yeah, that was something that, like... They'll never let us back. <laughs> now that they know. Yeah. Um, but it's something that 
that in the West, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, you can let them bring their culture over here. And it's like, but that doesn't happen the other way around. Yeah. Like, we weren't allowed Bibles. We weren't allowed Christmas. We weren't allowed anything to do with church. It was their way or nothing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you're in their country. It's what should happen, really. It's like, you're in their country. You have their, like, you assimilate, kind yeah. of. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, it's different when it's the other way around for some reason. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. When they come to the border, they should get a pair of um, Speedos and thongs. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys call them? Flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> not thongs. There is actually, there is actually a t-shirt like that. We'd love for you to join us and help spread a positive message about hunting. Become an I Am Hunter member and help keep hunting alive for future generations. In return, get a free t-shirt, exclusive member discounts, and win great prizes, including an annual hunting trip. Last year, one member scored himself a buffalo hunt in the Northern Territory. This year, we're sending someone to South Africa. To join, go to IamHunter.net. So, what you, you talked about, um, obviously, the the job as a Marine and, and whatever else. So, so what you, you said, uh, you, you also do this other job on the side. Um, so what, and, and it's more artistic and everything else. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I, um, I work in, uh, I do a little bit of everything. So I, I work for myself kind of freelance, but I, I produce TV shows. Um, I do photography, um, uh, content creating for brands, help, uh, consult for brand building, um, and also, uh, direct films. So I do a little bit of everything in the, in the uh, media world. Um, yeah, all over the United States. So, uh, yeah, that's what I do. So, so some of it's for uh, commercial reasons, some of it's for documentary reasons, some of it's for TV shows. Like, like I said, um, I have a little podcast that I do. Which, anyway, so there's a lot of stuff that has to do with media that I do. Um, but thankfully, the Lord's allowed me to be able to kind of work for myself. And the reason I, I get, continue to do that is because it gives me the freedom to um, spend time with my family as I see. As I see a need, yeah. you know, doing doing what I do, I do have to travel a lot. I do have to go to where the, you know go to where the job is and go to where the money is. But when I come home and I'm processing, you know, y'all know how it is. Go yeah. in, you go out in the field, you get the content, you come back, and that's where the real work starts. Yeah. Um, I get to be home for that, and I get to be in my own office with my wife and kids. And and to me, that there's really not a price tag on that. Um, you know, I'm not a rich man by any any stretch but i i am I'm a free man and i get to make my own hours and do what i feel like i need to do and to, to be honest that's the you know that's that's what i love about what i do yeah so is most of that within kind of um you do that uh, that media content creating in hunting or is it just anything no actually no um i just actually started getting into the hunting uh, realm through blood origins i don't know if y'all follow yeah yeah follow what they do yeah um this is Robbie. Is really Ro- yeah. Robbie? Yeah. Robbie yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've so. spoken to him? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 He <laughs> also <laughs> thinks pineapple yeah. should yeah. be yeah. put on pizza. Yeah, memory's a bit... Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Funny thing, he's actually, uh, he's actually traveling up here today to visit me. So we're going to we're gonna do a podcast later today. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell him we said hi. <laughs> tell him we said uh, hi. Definitely, yeah. definitely will. Definitely will. Yeah. Um, but no, so... No, normally, I, you know, it's, I started off with taking photos of kitty cats and babies and, and then I moved from that to weddings and then 
I thought I was a photographer for a long time, and then I realized I'm more of a storyteller, and photography was just one of the tools I used. And then I started making films. I started with uh, documentaries on Vietnam and World War II veterans, and that kind of morphed into making commercials for folks, and then news TV show, you know, um, Rant Nation. I don't know if y'all know who that is, Grandma. Yeah. Blaze TV, I work with them. So I, I've uh, done a lot, a whole realm of things. But this year is the first year uh, since I got back from Afghanistan has been where I started working in the hunting industry uh, mm-hmm. with my creative. I've done some stuff for different companies for like, you know, content creating for their, you know, for their social media, but not actual film work like I'm doing with Blood Origin. So yeah. Um, it's been fun because that's that's you know that's a passion of mine, and to be able to do it in a way to, that's respectful and um, you know to be honest, I'm I'm not a lot of the hunting shows that we have in the United States are a little bit I don't want to say cheesy, but it's like it's all about just let's see how many you know let's see how many kills we can get in this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah which is fine you know it's interesting, but it people that aren't hunters have a hard time understanding why we do what we do by just watching that. Yeah, they can't so digest the it, yeah. The Blood Orders Project and what I kind of want to do is have more of a, I don't want to say mainstream, because that sounds like a being, I don't know, but like more of a show hunting in a way that non-hunters can look at it and be like, oh, that's why they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not look at it as a, oh, they're just killers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so important, so, we, we were just talking about that, that with someone else, um, and I think it's something Jim Shockey talks talks about. And he was, he says about how there's about ten percent of the population that are hunters and that love hunting and are all for it, and about ten percent of the population who are completely hundred percent against it and hate it. Right. But then eighty percent of the population doesn't really, it hasn't decided either way. And so it's projects like Blood Origins that are actually going to bring light to how hunting can be beneficial, why we do it, you know, what mm. it's, what the reasons are behind it, what the motivations are, you know, what the benefits of it are that are going to convince the, that 80% why it's still useful and necessary because we're too far gone here in Australia. So we need things like that. Like you guys yeah. in, in the US, you're lucky enough that um, your right to bear, your right to own firearms is protected in the constitution and you're allowed to do that outside of hunting. We're not here. We're, so yeah. we've got to have some kind of legitimate reason at this stage to go, well, this right. is why we need it, you know, because... And this is one of the yeah. reasons why, for us, um, I mean, we've um, uh, kind of... Uh, uh, we're, we're a hunting outfitter and agency, but also, um, you know, we've started this kind of I Am Hunter thing mm-hmm. um, for a couple of different reasons. One of them is education, because here in Australia, as I said to you earlier on, um that um, we're our our hunting industry, although it's many many hundreds of years old, um, it, it's it, it's immature. You know, I mean, people have been hunting here since the the, the British landed, um, and uh, and you know, two hundred and nearly fifty odd years ago or something. Was um, that? Yeah, it was bicentenary, nineteen eighty eight, I think. Okay. Um, you just said hundreds of years. Yeah, so well, that's more than more than two hundred. Jeez, I'm competent already, Jesse. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, I mean, people have been hunting here forever, but um, and of course, the Aboriginals before that were subsistence based. You know, they they primarily hunted for all their food, um, and uh, so it shouldn't be a strange thing. But 
but unfortunately, you know, the I guess the um, uh, the hunting industry in Australia just hasn't evolved, and it hasn't yeah. it it hasn't kept people in, interested. Um, and uh, at some stage, it became shooting where people just got on the back of a ute and mm. went and blew a number of animals away, chasing mm. them with a spotlight. Um, and, uh, and it was associated with, you know, you know, drinking cans of beer and all that kind of stuff and, and just really, um, I guess, uh, not, not really the core of hunting as such um, or, or not really the drive of hunting, uh, you know, an animal for, to both for your own freezer, but also um, to be outdoors and to be, and to be in that, that experience. And, um, right. and so we lost our way. I think. I think part of the problem um, too is a lot of the urbanization. I mean, in the US, you guys have got a big enough population that even with urbanization, the rural part of the community is still big enough that you've got enough money behind you, you've got enough spending power, you've got enough um, voting power as well to still make a difference and to still keep that se- that section alive and to still keep the memory of all of that alive and the connection to your food and where it comes from and farming and all of this stuff. Here in Australia, because our population is so much smaller, our rural community is so much smaller. And so there's been this huge divide between the urbanised that are in that are living in cities and stay in cities, and then the people living out in these small towns who still have a lot to do with farming, still have a lot to do with the land, and know the reality of the situation. And so you've got this just complete divide between the population where you've got all of these people who have no idea whatsoever and couldn't care less and don't want to know, and then all of these people who do know, but they're such a small number that it's really hard to make any difference and to keep it alive at all. So for us, we've got to try and do whatever we can to keep hunting going and keep it growing into the future with our kids and their kids. Otherwise, our right to have firearms at all, our right to hunt, all of that will be taken away. Mm. And it'll just and not, be removed because not, we're even, not fighting Even worse than it. that, we've got people like in the Queensland government at the moment, they're... They're saying things like, we'll just poison... They've got four, I think, four or five species of deer up there in Queensland. They've got, um, they've got pigs, they've got dingoes. Um, uh, these are all huntable. Um, and uh, they've got some buffalo right up the top um, and, and a number of other small feral species like foxes and rabbits and everything else. So um, there's the opportunity to, there for those things to be used as a valid and viable resource. Um, you know, for people, um, uh, not only as a meat resource, but also, uh, you know, in a number of different ways to utilize, you know, their skins and everything else. Um, but their preference is to poison them and to use a poison like 1080. I don't know if you know much about 1080, but um, it, it's a devastating poison. It's mostly banned in the US. I mean, I think you guys use something like. Um, like less than a percent worldwide of this poison that, that's mm. commonly used to control animals um, in some other countries. Australia and New Zealand use something like, I think it's 60% of it worldwide. And, um, and we use it to control these animals by, by they drop this poison um, in these areas mm. uh, and they do it here in Tasmania and it just decimates everything. So anything that eats it, they say they say that whatever the poison block is, that it that only the deer will eat it. But the problem right. is that the deer will eat it. Three or four days later, it will die, and it will suffer for that three or four days. 
um, as it starves to death because it can't eat. Um, and, uh, and then something else will eat that. So any carnivorous animal that eats that also has the chance of dying depending on when it eats that animal and, and what part of that animal possums. eats it. So it could be an eagle that eats it. It could be a possum that eats it. It could be any other number Tasmanian of things. Tasmanian devil. Yeah, mm. and, and they end up poisoned as a result. And, um, and they think this is a valid, a valid thing to do um, because they but don't see the not. answer as hunting or firearms. How, how is that? Goodness, that is um, almost barbaric. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I because was, guns I is I bad. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah. Guns yeah. are bad, so, you know, let's drop poison instead. It just doesn't make any sense. And that's one of, like, one of the things with this whole gun buyback and, you know, all of our mm. gun laws and stuff like that. They're like, guns are the bad thing. It's like, no, they're not. People mm. are bad sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, dropping poison to kill the animals is not going to help that mm. at all. But that's, that's what that's... they're saying is a valid, valid control method. Wow, I'm going to do some research, and then I'd love to get get some from y'all. Because um, that, I mean, that's uh, I had no idea that was going on. Mm. And that, did you hear Jesse? You know, sorry, go on. Uh, when, just in the U.S., like the whole all the all the folks that are screaming and yell about how hunting's bad and all that, they they scream and yell about how it's inhumane and how you know how killing animals, you know. But then the this, the same person says inhumane and you shouldn't kill a deer and eat it. Still go to you know they still go to McDonald's and eat a cheeseburger. Yeah, and that cow had had a terrible life growing up. You know, just being pumped full of steroids, never left the stall, and gets killed. That's okay. You know, but then, but somehow hunting an animal in its natural habitat and shooting it once in a dying on spot is yeah. inhumane. Yeah, you know, it it just boggles the mind. And then to so to hear you know. The same people that are screaming that way here are the same kind of people over there that are poisoning animals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know. it doesn't yeah. compute. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know how it computes. So the in next minutes. time, the next time they say to you that we need gun laws like Australia, <laughs> ask them whether they want to adopt our poison mechanisms as well, yeah. because that's how they they deem that's you know they that they the need population. to control yeah. the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to use that with my mother-in-law next time. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we poison man- animals on mass because they don't allow people to hunt in certain areas. A good one to look up, Jesse, <laughs> is the um, is the tar. You know, what, uh, you know what tar are? They're a they're a mm-hmm. type of goat in yeah. in New Zealand. They're actually from the Himalayas, but um, uh, just recently, um, uh, as recent as a couple of months ago. The Greens government over there... Um, it was des- the conservation minister, I'm pretty sure, that proposed yeah. it. She yeah, was. decided to do a mass poison and cull as well. Yeah. So they, their intention was to drop and the numbers dramatically by something like 80 to 85%. And this they cull to was going to be an aerial cull by helicopter. Yeah, and so poison. Shooting, shooting them by helicopter. Like You can't tell me that shooting anything out of a helicopter is going to be all that, all that accurate or yeah. humane a death. For it, yeah. You know? So they were dropping poison along the edge of the, um, uh, basically all of these um, uh, very high mountains and whatever that were uh, they weren't able to successfully helicopter hunt and or on foot yeah. um, use cull hunters to do this. So they decided they would drop poison all along these areas and the rest of it they would helicopter hunt over a period of years to try and basically yeah. wipe out the tar. 
um, uh, or get them to a point where there were so, such small numbers that they were no longer an issue. Were they being destructive, or what? What was the yeah, reason? They are. They're, they're overpopulated down there, and there is a there. There's a need for hunters to take more responsibility because the problem over the years has been that everyone wants a nice big tar bull. So you go down there, hunters will go down there and they'll do their hunting, but they only shoot a bull and they'll only shoot a big old bull. So they haven't been taking out any of the nannies for meat or anything like that because it's such hard hunting over there and it's so steep and you're doing so much trekking that nobody wants to be trekking out with kilos and kilos and kilos of meat on their back. Nobody's going there to go and do their meat hunting to fill their freezer. And so hunters need to take more responsibility to actually make sure that when they are going down there for their two weeks that they go in the year, that they're taking nine or 10 or, or 10 or 11 or however many nannies they can get or some of the younger bulls, as well as trying to get their older one that they're really targeting as well. So yeah. there and it's, is that it's, job. It's that, it, it's that age-old issue of, of, of the guys that just go to headhunt. And and I get it. I've got trophies on the wall and so have the girls and everything else. And, and, and we certainly enjoy being able to get that as well. But but you, you do have to manage the species also, you know. Yeah. And, um, and right. you have to do that, you know, in a successful way by making sure you take enough of those animals out that, that are going to continue to procreate and cause a problem. And, um, and they just, they, they haven't done that well. So the answer was we'll poison them and then we'll helicopter cull. Yeah. And, the biggest uh, problem was just the lack of consultation. And it's like you talking before about having this constitutional right against government tyranny. That was, that's what happened in New Zealand, and it's happened recently with their gun laws being changed, that there's been no public consultation whatsoever. They've come in and they've gone, this is the problem, so in 48 hours, this is our solution, and this is what we're going to do. We're not going to consult with the public. We're not going to make sure that we've done our due process. We're not going to do anything like that. We're going to just take the problem, go, this is what we want to do, this is what we see fit, and we're going to push it through as quick as we possibly can so that it doesn't have any opposition. And that was what they tried to do with the tar coal. Um, it was successful actually in terms of hunters banding together across Australia and New Zealand, signing petitions, contacting government ministers and actually getting it halted so that they did do their due process. Um, so that was really successful, but it hasn't been successful at all for their gun laws. Their gun laws got changed. That stuff got pushed through so quickly that I don't know how anybody thought that that was acceptable at all. Yeah. Because there was no due process whatsoever and no cons- consultation with people that were actually being affected by it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so we um, we certainly have some interesting things going on, and which is one of the reasons why, going back to what you were saying about blood origins and stuff like this and, and painting a different picture um, or painting painting the, the real picture. It's not just... Like over here, we, we have what we call yobos. I don't know what, what you... Not like what you were no, not well, maybe, um, but they're kind of you know. Um, Do you know what a bogan know, is? Have that... you ever heard of a bogan? I don't think anyone outside of Australia no, has. No, <laughs> <laughs> a bogan, a bogan or a yobo. They eat pineapple on their pizza. Yeah, no, no, no they don't. No. Is that a species of animal? Or no, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a person. Generally, generally, they're people that. Um, it's uh, it's not really like trailer trash either because they're not really no they 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 like they they've got a real heavy beer culture you know they're drinking beer every day yeah. um, if they go out hunting they go out with a carton of beer on their shoulder um, and they just yeah, shoot them, anything we call them redneck okay so kind so of. yeah this is like your worst redneck right 
And, I think uh, redneck is a term of endearment. I thought that was like. <laughs> yeah, I love you, you redneck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It depends on where you're from. Some people like to be called redneck. I don't. I, I, I use it as a kind of a derogatory. Yeah. Um, right. Damn. Yeah. I, so I need to change my I need yeah. to change my expectations. I always thought. So we we have traditional yeah. for a long time. We've had a lot of hunters over here, which are probably in that bogan hunter category, um, and uh, and so you know they're fairly rough. Yeah. Um, they don't really give us stuff about much. And I'm not trying to say there's there's just there's not not everyone's like that, but there's an element like that in Australia that creates enough noise and causes problems for everyone. Yeah. Well, they're the only and, ones that get picked up by the media because they're the ones that go and they'll take a kid's compound bow with a target arrow and they'll shoot a kangaroo and the kangaroo will hop into suburbia into someone's front yard yeah, and with die an there arrow in their front yard out with an yeah. arrow in it. And then it'll end up all through the media, and you'll find out that the guy and his mates were wasted when they did it. And so it paints this terrible picture, and it makes out like that's what hunters are like. That's one of the reasons we're not allowed to bow hunt in Tasmania. And you see it all the time. Like, I mean, two weeks ago, there was one with a kangaroo just hopping around with a target arrow in it. Yeah. And it was like... It hits the the news all the time, this Mm. kind of stuff. Every. You know, as soon as as soon as it happens, it's on every media outlet pretty much here in Australia. You know, bloody, uh, you know, hopping kangaroo with a, an arrow or a spear through it or whatever, and and it and generally it's it's either some dumb kid that doesn't really know any better because he's he, he hasn't been taught the, the to respect you know what he has and and. Uh, and the animals that are around him, or some yobbo or bogan or, or whatever that's just doing the Redneck. wrong thing, um, and the so because they make the news so quick and so easy, and and they get propagated through the news, um, you know, people have this general view that oh, that's what it's like. Yeah, you know, that's that's what hunters are like. They just go out and and they 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 kill this stuff and they they don't do it humanely and whatever else. And so the what you're talking there about the blood origins and the same as what we're trying to achieve through I Am Hunter is, is to try and change that message, mm. um, to to change the way people view it. You know that um, there is a process. There's 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 a level of respect associated with what we do. You know, and there's a there's certainly uh, a, an understanding and um, and and this is not just about murder for the sake of you know, for the sake of killing an animal, you know. And uh, right. there's a whole heap of things that are considered when you hunt. I mean, and when we're involved in crop protection as well. So, you know, um, on top of that, there's the conservation facts, the factors that are associated with all that, which most people just would rather ignore or sign a document to say poison them and then they're gone, you know. Um, and it, it's Has all it fixed Has it changed now. your opinion much doing the Blood origin stuff? Or have you kind of held that, like, that's always kind of been a part of how you hunted anyway? Say that again. The blood or- doing the Blood Origins projects and working with um, Robbie on that, has it changed your opinion of hunting much, or is that just kind of how you've always hunted? And No, not really. It's, that, I think that's why... Not really. That's a hard question. Um, that's basically how I was raised anyway. Yeah. But I will say that it has, it has helped me kind of 
um, filter out a little bit, I guess be a little bit more um, careful of what I put out in a public forum Yeah. on the topic of hunting or what photo I choose to put on Facebook or Instagram from a hunt. It has helped me understand a little bit, okay, just just to filter it through, non-hunters are going to look at this. What are they going to think when they look at this post? Yeah. Does it need to look like I'm bragging about just how big, like how awesome I am because I killed this thing? Yeah. Or do I need to tell a little bit more of about the hunt and the emotion of what went behind it and all, you know? Yeah. So if you look at any of the stuff I've, I've posted on hunting, it's a lot more of the storytelling behind why it means so much to me and my family. Now, I won't lie, I've had my, some of my extended family still hate me and want to take my kids from me because I take my kids hunting, which yeah. is weird to me. Um, but I, it's so yes, it, it's helped. It hasn't really changed my view. It's just changed my, the way that I put content into the public eye. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. Um, question on your meat. I've heard quite a few people say that meat in America doesn't taste any good because like as here in Australia, there's only, I think 2% of our entire population of cattle and livestock that are ever grain-fed at any one time. Whereas I think mm-hmm. it's a lot higher in the U.S. There's a lot more of the grain-feeding. Oh, okay, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grass-fed's way better. Yeah. Um, in, my, in my opinion, you could, t- you could tell a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know but you have to pay for it now. That's kind of the, the deal. You pay more yeah. for grass-fed. Yeah. And the, fed, the grain-fed's kind of what everybody, you know, you go to a restaurant, unless you pay extra for the grass-fed beef, it's going to be grain fed. It's yeah. funny. It's funny because if you go to a restaurant here, it it'll have um, finished with grain, you know, or something like that, and that's generally more expensive than the, than the grass fed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. And I, I don't. I won't buy it. So you know, I mean, we're, I go to. Um, I'm quite often in Melbourne. I fly backwards and forwards for work, and um, and there's a particular restaurant there called Rare, and it's it's just a steak restaurant. Um, and uh, and I go there at least once during the time that I'm in Melbourne. Is that you know I just love steak. So um, and, uh, <laughs> love steak. And, and they, they they just know whenever I turn up they they just they just know they say oh Mr Byfield how are you you know come in sit down with the same as last time or, yep same as last time just you know big piece of steak natural flipping you know just slap it on the slap it on the plate you know medium absolute max medium. You know, nothing more than that, and uh, and a little bit of red wine jus and uh, and some some. Uh, but now I'm some, hungry. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say that. Some veggies <laughs> on veggies <laughs> veggies on the side, and that's me done, mate. You know. It just surprised me because um because a lot of people talk about how good the meat is when you hunt and getting your own meat, and for us, I mean, yeah, it's great. We love having venison, and I love the taste of venison. Love eating meat that we've hunted, but there's not. It's, you're not talking about chalk and cheese. It's not a huge difference right. to going down the supermarket and picking up a steak that you that you buy there. The difference is in knowing for you, but it, talking about the taste or the quality of the meat, there's not really a massive difference. So I was just wondering, yeah. I suppose, if it's a little bit more. There is a, yeah. There is a big yeah. difference. Yeah. There is a big difference. Yeah. 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 Does your wife do any hunting? Um, yes, but that's been – she was raised by non-hunters. Uh, so uh, that's been something that I've kind of helped her helped her along with. She got her first deer two years ago. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she loved it. She did great. She's kind of cold hearted. She didn't really feel like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was more 
excited and like emotional about it. She got her first kill. I was proud of her and everything. And she was just like, yeah, whatever. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get it. <laughs> but no, she did. She did great. And um, so my daughters have not officially got there. They've been that. They've been on hunts and seen kills, and they've helped drag them out, help clean them, help cook them, and everything. But yeah, they haven't pulled the trigger on one yet. So this year. There'll be seven. I think this is the year I'm going to try to try to get them their first kill. At yeah. least eight. So I have two two daughters that are twins, and the one that's older by two minutes, um, she lets everybody know that she's the oldest one. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't blame her. <laughs> she she's the tomboy. She's the one that loves to ride horses, loves westerns, watching John Wayne with Dad, and um, she hunts. She wants to hunt all the time and yeah. fish. And the other one's a little princess that you know wants to watch, you know, let it go and and uh, little ponies and stuff like that but um, <laughs> so getting her in the hunt getting her hunting last year was a little bit difficult but she still she enjoyed it anyway and then my little boy that's all he wants to do is hunt so yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, very good what's um what's the process around hunting there do you have to have like a registration or do you have to buy tags or you know yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty you know mississippi basically you buy a hunting license and uh, don't the reason we've the reason I don't find that is, uh, you know, to, against the constitutional, you know, I, I don't like having to ask the government to do anything. I, I don't like that because I'm a free man. Yeah. And, but the reason we pay, you know, like 20 bucks for a tag or yeah. a, for a license that covers all the game is just, it goes back to conservation. It goes to the state who, and the state takes care of a lot of the, uh, the conservation and, you know, in the state of Mississippi. So yeah. Yeah. if you don't, I mean, the chance of you getting caught without a license or, you know, probably 50, 50 and you'll get a tech, you know, a fine and maybe your rifle taken or your truck taken. But to be, be honest, you know, I, I, I encourage people, even if they're going for a day, go get your license. Cause it helps, you know, it helps yeah. fun hunting and doing, doing it the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. At places like Mississippi in the South, very, very con- uh, conservative, like, they're very pro hunting state. And so all the money that they get from the license goes right back into trying to promote hunting in a good way. Yeah. Good. Um, oh, that's excellent. So, yeah. I have a really random question. Um, cause you what? were talking about conservative. We hear like this, it seems almost end days at the moment when you look at social media and the d- difference between people who are conservative and people who are like leftist or liberal. Is it that bad in America on the streets? Like, if you were to be walking around with a MAGA hat on, would you get punched in the face by somebody, or is it really not that bad? <laughs> um, it depends on where you are, but yeah, you'd probably get. You know, I, I I've chosen to not. It, it's pretty. It's uh, sadly, the mainstream media has made it to be where if you if you support the president, you're a racist bigot. Yeah. <laughs> And the people that don't think for themselves, and they believe everything they see on TV, yeah. think that if they if they understand that you voted for Trump, then you're automatically, uh, you know, a low life that that loves Nazis and loves Hitler and hates the Jews. Yeah. Like it's stupid. It's really really bad in in some ways. But but if you take away the red hat and that trigger mechanism that freaks everybody out. We usually get along pretty well, yeah. you know, if, if you can leave politics out of it. Yeah. So I, cho- I don't know if y'all can tell, I choose to try to keep on my social platforms. I'm extremely conservative. I'm, I'm probably further right than most people that are jumping up and down screaming, you know, go Trump 2020. But 
I choose to, I feel like I'm a peacemaker and the Lord has called me to be more of a middle ground kind of guy. Like I would rather be able to have a conversation with somebody who uh, I don't agree with and actually talk about it and have a heart to heart and kind of just discuss it in a way that doesn't evolve emotion. But soon as in and, and the way our climate is now, as soon as you let them know who you voted for, if it's not who they voted for, then it becomes this big awkward like we can't be friends, all this kind, of, which is so stupid to me. Yeah, it's so stupid because there's two sides and they're both screaming up and down and being obnoxious about how they're right. Yeah, and I think one of them is more right than the other, but jumping up and down screaming at the other side doesn't really help it. Yeah, so that's why I try to take a different. My approach is a little bit different of. Because they've been trying to pull me into politics. I've been trying. They, people try to keep pulling me into politics and being a conservative voice and doing all that. And maybe, you know, maybe the Lord will tell me to do that one day. But right now, I feel like that I can make change in our country and our culture through through filmmaking and storytelling that brings people finds a common ground we can find instead of pointing out the stuff that we don't agree on. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's something powerful too, in, and I mean that's straight out of the Bible, that actions speak louder than the words at the end of the day, and that if you're acting out that your beliefs, if you're acting out, you know, whether that's your faith, whether that's your conservative values, and showing people that, showing people that life, showing people your values through your actions, I think that that speaks so much more powerfully to people than just saying, oh, this is what I stand for and this is the only thing I, you know, there's no other way. We can't right. do it this way. We can't do it that way. It's got to be my way or the highway. Actually, just yeah, living no, that out is more more, more powerful, I think. And the Lord talks about us being known by our fruits and yeah. I think that means being known by how we interact. You know, yes, last night, actually, I got a... Uh, a message on Instagram was like, Hey, just listen to your last episode of the podcast. Love it. He's like, just so you'll know, I'm a extreme liberal, left wing liberal. And I just really appreciate what you stand for. Yeah. And I, so I just was honest. I was like, man, that means a lot to me. I'm extreme conservative, but I appreciate what, you know, your words. I was like, I try to keep, you know, find the middle of the ground that we can agree on. He was like, Oh, I know, I know you're conservative. I can tell by the way you carry yourself. But he said, I've never been annoyed by how you, by your Instagram or by your yeah. podcast yeah. or anything you do. And it is like both, but all my liberal friends annoy me and all my conservative friends annoy me. So you're the only person that hasn't. Now I say that not to toot my own horn, but to be like, it was nice to hear. Like he knew I was a conservative. He knew how that I was a believer that I believe in Jesus Christ. He knew a lot about me about how the actions that he's witnessed, yeah. but I didn't have to jump up on a, on a soapbox and yeah. tell everybody, you know, yeah. To vote for Trump and to do all this other stuff. Yeah, it's really, really good that you can be nice. But in the Bible, also, it talks about the rod of correction. <laughs> and so Dad sees himself yes. as the and, rod. <laughs> and you, let me tell you, that's funny you brought that up. A <laughs> topic that I get very fired up about. Um, you know, in, if you read G, about what Jesus did, when was the only time that he? basically lost his marbles and ran through and whipped people and flipped tables and yeah. made a scene. Who, yeah. Do you remember who he was mad at? Yeah, yeah, the Pharisees and Sadducees. Yeah. Yes, the, the religious in the church. people. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. And to me, to be honest, that's what fires me up more than anything is people that are the church of, you know, my country who, hey, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, my little boy's coming in. Come on in. <laughs> you want to see JR? 
Hey, Hello. JR. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, your, get your gun. <laughs> he just came to grab his rifle and go. <laughs> um, hey, buddy, shut the door, please. Thank you. Love you. Um, sorry about that. Anyway, he didn't, Jesus didn't get riled up about politics. He didn't get riled up about anything besides believers not doing what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And using, using the temple, using religion, using what he, was meant for good to make gain. Mm. So to me, that's kind of the example I follow. I was like, politics, yeah, it'll fire me up, but I try not to let that define me. Yeah. But, you know, because he said, give the Caesar the thing that are seen. Render to him the things that are you know, pay your taxes, do all that, whatever. Because our citizenship's in heaven. Don't start thing about make... taxes. What <laughs> 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 rounds me up is when I see believers that are trying to just to use Christianity as a way to make a buck. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's what rounds me up. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. another topic for another yeah. podcast. You, with the, going while we're on hunting again for a second, um, rifle or bow, what do you prefer? Well, um, I have to be honest. I'm a, I'm a, um, and there's a reason behind it. But I do plan on getting into bow, a bow hunting uh, more this year. This, I've already uh, been practicing. I'm trying to get back into or get into bow hunting. The way I was raised, like I told you earlier, was we had we lived on a couple hundred acres. Yeah. Um, but somebody else owned the land, and his his son had hunting rights. So only like 10 or 12 days out of the year, we had uh, the ability to actually hunt on the land during season, you know, legally. Yeah. Um, so during that time, it was either take a bow and maybe get, maybe get a shot at one. And growing up, we didn't have a huge deer population. So it was like, I, I took a rifle to make sure that we got some meat. When we were yeah. 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 That, that attitude kind of stuck with me. So now that I'm a little bit older, I want I want to change it and have a little bit more challenge uh, with the bow. Yeah. But as of right now, yes or no question, I am a I'm a rifle hunter, not a bow hunter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's very very Me similar too. to um, to Jess's story. She's... I'm just trying to keep meat in the freezer, all right? <laughs> <laughs> She's just impatient. Is yeah. really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And it's funny because I you know doing this blood origins, I I'm around people that are like they born you know live and breathe bow hunting and they you know, raised with parents that had, you know, 6,000 acres and it was all prime hunting land. And it's like, well, basically, I just killed so many deer that I got bored of it and I decided I want a little bit, a little, a little bit of a challenge. And they had this attitude towards people that use a rifle. I'm like, yeah. look, you know, look, person, you were blessed. To yeah, yeah. Killed so many deer and you got tired of killing because I've never got to that point. Yeah. Almost uh, 29 years old. So... Um, it's taking me a little longer to to give up to, you know, to say I can either get meat this hunting season yeah. or go bow hunting and and you know be very disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know that's yeah. not a real popular opinion in the U.S. right now because bow hunting's like the thing. Um, but I do want to I do want to get into that because it, there's a lot more challenge. I just like I said I hunt to be with my family and I hunt to put meat on the table. Yeah. So being a bow hunter. It's going to be a lot harder to take kids bow hunting. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to get as much meat that way normally. So, or I have to be away from my family more often to get the amount of meat I need, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of why I choose the rifle is just because I, 
family time with my family is more important than the hunt as much as i love the hunt mm. yeah yeah we do we do a lot of culling um uh, and crop protection stuff so you there's just no way you can do that with a bow you yeah. know, you, right. you, you you have to have and a lot of so. the well in Tasmania you're not you're not actually allowed. Yeah. So you're not allowed to bow hunt in Tasmania at all, except for one property which we can do it on. Yeah. So you can shoot rabbits. Yeah, rabbits yeah. is it. You can't. Yeah, bow. Tasmania is the only state I think in Australia where um, yeah. even for deer you can't bow hunt. You're not allowed. Um, so you can you can only bow hunt. Well, they say you can bow hunt feral pigs, but there aren't any. So if you bow hunt a pig, it's probably the farmers. The farmers, <laughs> and uh, and he's not going to be too happy. <laughs> and then uh, you can bow hunt rabbits and foxes. Well, we don't have any foxes, no. So that leaves them out as well. And you can bow hunt goats, wild goats. Yeah, we also but don't also have... they're potentially the farmers also. So you you may end up running into trouble. You know, if you if you arrow a, a goat, so yeah. really the only thing you can bow hunt here is rabbits, and so it's been kind of hard for both the girls to kind of to get involved with um, uh, with bow hunting in any decent way. But um, but uh, Tasha's kind of she's really stuck with it um, and has a little bit more patience than Jess. Uh, she's been given a lot more opportunity than me. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, We're always hunting at the same time, and she's been hunting more than me this year, so I think that's a lie. Yeah. Anyway. Shots fired. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Jess has only got a ground squirrel with hers, and uh, we, we, we went it was to... a trophy ground squirrel, though. It was a really big one. Yes. You should have seen him. He, he did have well, some I need, I need to see pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Pictures are didn't we went. We went to did Africa last year, and I think Jess. Yeah. Did you even bow hunt Af- in Africa? The ground squirrel. Yeah, yeah. Jess bow hunted the gr- ground squirrel in Africa, and um, I think after maybe a day. Yeah, she was said, like, "Meh." Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm my gonna, rifle. I'm gonna grab the rifle. <laughs> and the bow stayed in the case the the remaining month because we yeah. were there for well four weeks. Yeah. yeah. We're there for four weeks and the bow didn't I'm move. I'm impatient. From that time. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna hide it. <laughs> Whereas I hunted one animal for four days with my bow and they were like, come on, just grab the rifle. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like a challenge now and yeah. I want to get it with my, with so my it, bow. It, it definitely is a challenge. I videoed a lot, I've videoed quite a bit of. Um, of Tasha's bow hunting um, over the past two years. Bow hunting failures is and, what uh, he wants and to man, say. And, man, there are a lot of times where, even times where she's released the arrow and just for whatever reason, it undershot one buck last year. Yeah. Um, we ranged it wrong. So we ranged it like five yards wrong or something like that. Yeah, and it went straight under un- its undershot belly. him by, by, you know, a couple of inches. And it's just, it's devastating after so many hours, you know, trying to get up that close and then, uh, and then finding out you've just you've made some error, you yeah. know, in your range right. or whatever, and uh, and next thing you know the buck's gone, mm. and uh, and you're, you're or back crawling, at square one. crawling up for two hours, and finally getting within forty five yards of something, and something else spooks, and they all run away. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. what was that two That's hours? It's just not worth it to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not so worth it. It, it definitely is. It, it it does require a lot of patience, and it's something that. Um, you know, I, I was I bow hunted when I was a kid, purely because it didn't cost you any money. You know, um, 
Right. Is you could just you could shoot rabbits and 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 foxes and whatever else. And I think the biggest thing I ever shot was a small pig. So, um, but um, you know, it was more about kind of just not having to if you didn't have money for 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 bullets, well, you could still take your bow when I was when I was trapping rabbits and foxes and stuff. So. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty much the same. The convenience of the rifle, you know, if I can get it within 500 metres, you know, uh, I know that I'm pretty pr- pretty Just sure... Just a casual 500 <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can deck it, you know, um, as long as I'm stable and I've got a good shot platform, you know. Right. It's game over, so, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for for us, spot and stalking, we like to get much closer. But you know, it's not necessary if you don't need to. So, you know, which is good. Right. Um, so yeah, you guarantee put stuff on the table. Have you ever yeah. hunted outside of the US? Yeah, people. No. People in Afghanistan. Besides, besides humans, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I, I wish I wish I could have, uh, but I I have not. I've never been outside of the U.S. besides, like, to the Bahamas, besides uh, in the marine capacity. So, yeah, I've never really enjoyed myself traveling. Mm. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon though. Yeah, uh, uh, Africa is definitely Africa is one of the big things I want to do. Yeah. Um, so. To go traveling or to go hunting or both. Both. Yeah. Both. It is. Yeah. It's an amazing place to yeah. go, and just to see the people and the culture and stuff like that, and some of the history there is crazy. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm you do, if if you are going to go, um, be be clear with you. It like spot and stalk Africa. Don't don't go. Like a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of the hunting over there, unless you're specific, is going to be on, on the back of a truck, and you're going to just scoot around these little roads, and then jump off the truck and shoot something, and uh, right. and because they'll try and fit. You know, ridiculous amount of animals in a few days, yeah. and um, and it's just from my my point. This is just my personal point of view, but that to me is not fun. You know, um, yeah. I want to get on foot. I want to be where the animals are. You know, um, I want to find the animals. I don't care if it's not the biggest one you, you you've got there. You know, I care that I was the one that found it and that I hunted it. You know, and 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 right. uh, you know, so. Um, yeah, if you're going to do it, be specific about what you want and how you want to hunt. Um, Whereabouts in Africa do you want to go? Um, somewhere in, within the country of Africa. Oh, yeah, the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they might not let you in with the Canadian passport. I haven't, I haven't done my research. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't done my That's research. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no worries. Yeah, we've only been to South Africa, but it was it was good. It is good that fun. Well, well, Jesse, it's, um, it's almost midnight here um but we'd like okay. to ask you one last question um okay do you want to ask do you want to come hunt skippy one day skippy the kangaroo he doesn't know who skippy is who doesn't know who skippy know. is everybody knows do you know skippy i know i think so it's the kangaroo right yeah, yeah. right <laughs> yeah skippy skippy was a show when i was a kid everybody knows skippy the kangaroo that's true, right? I don't think so. You know Skippy the kangaroo. This is pineapple, <laughs> pineapple on pizza again. <laughs> so what, what's the question? Are you, would you come and hunt Skippy? You're going to bring the wife and the kids one day to Australia? Don't go to Africa. Come to Australia. 
Oh, we're practically sure. South yeah. Africa <laughs> anyway, aren't we? Well, he likes to call us. Y'all are basically South Africans in my book, so yes. Yeah. Just, like, get on the wrong flight and come to Australia instead. (laughs) No, no, that's definitely on my bucket list. Australia has been on my wife and my, our, since we've been married, that's been one of the places that we plan on traveling. We just haven't done it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yes. Yes would be the answer to that question. Awesome. Well, let us know. Honestly, though, like, talking about, you know, not getting the chance to travel yet. 100% 100% hands down, having traveled as a kid and loved it, spending time with your family and getting to getting to spend time with your kids and stuff like that and invest in that is much better than spending money traveling and gallivanting across the world, as good as an experience as that is. For sure, yeah. for sure. Um, but we do still want to do it. So, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to figure out how to, just like last, a couple of weeks ago, I took, I took uh, first time, Lex and I had left the kids that long ever. But we were on a nine-day trip to California, and, and um, it was it's good for a couple to get some time. <laughs> yeah. Especially <Yeah>. with three. <laughs> with three kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Jesse, listen, mate, we're going we're gonna to probably head off to bed because bloody late here. All right. But, well, um, thank you all so much for having me on. I'm honored. Yeah, thank you. It was yeah, good to no, finally have a chat to you, being Instagram friends for so long. We've all chatted I to know. you on Instagram. Fine. It's finally official. We we have actually talked yeah. live. Yeah. Instead of you are not gifts. some forty year old dude in your mum's basement posting someone else's. That pictures. is that is good. That was the one goal we needed from this podcast. Just make sure Jesse is not forty year old dude in basement. Uh, no, I'm a twenty nine year old dude in basement. So. There you go, mate. It's been a real pleasure. Um, thanks very much for spending the time and uh, and listen, mate. Um, love to love to see your stories and. Um, and we'll keep following and, and watching on. What's your podcast so we can tell everyone else? Uh, it's called The Program. The Program. Jesse Phillips. There you yeah. go. The Program with and Jesse it's on, Phillips. Uh, it's on any, any platform that has podcasts. So. Yep. Okay. Well, everybody look that up and, um, and get on board. And follow him on Instagram. What's your Instagram tag? Uh, the handle is the Jesse R. Phillips. The Jesse R. Phillips. And there's a couple of false ones out there. But um, yeah, if you have any hassles, yeah, don't be fooled. Don't have... be fooled by the fakers. <laughs> if I ask you for money, then I'm not who I, I'm not the original. There, there you go. There you go. Well, I've been scammed. If I tell you that I need money to get my kids to Afghanistan to visit me, then it's not me. Right. There you go. Wow, is that what I really said? Oh yeah, you have y'all. That's a whole other. We'll have a conversation about that sometime about all the scamming stories that I've heard. They always kill my wife off early, and then they try <laughs> to get my kids somewhere, and they they need money to get my kids. Somewhere. Maybe you could write a wow. book about it one day. Be a good idea for a book. Yeah. Yeah, like a, like sounds, a fiction. Sounds like a depressing, depressing book. My wife yeah. Dies yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just before you do go, um, I, I want I want to tell you something about bow hunting. You. You, you're going to learn to bow hunt. If you do come over here in Australia, we'll, we'll take you with the ABA, the Australian Bow Hunters Association, and you'll get a chance at one oh of their trophies. Oh, my gosh. Don't. Okay? Even, don't. Don't. Say no. <laughs> Say no. Yes. Say no. Yes. You're going to regret is, this. I feel like this is a trap, but I don't care. No, say no, no. Th- this will be the, mo- the, the best hunt you've ever done in your life. It's spot and stalking a shark. A shark? A shark. On foot. On, on foot. foot. 
The guy was Not telling in us in the water. In the water, thigh but, deep in the water. Sometimes waist. They burly yeah. the water. <sighs> they burly the water, attract the shark in, and you've got to shoot it. Yep. Before it eats me. Yes, yeah, of course. You have to, you have to, you have to <laughs> yeah. stick it with a pointy stick. Yeah. While Before you're waist deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is no Baywatch uh, yes. run. I am down. <laughs> Yeah, this like is why this is why he has leg surgery right now. This is why he had a C section because he signs himself up to these two, things. I have two bad legs, and if I lost one of them, I wouldn't be that sad. I like this guy. No, no, <laughs> right. we can't be friends anymore. The pizza and oh, then the man. shark just like was the <laughs> final nail in the coffin. <laughs> you keep offering stuff like that, and I, as long as I can, uh, as long as I have my, like my waist up out of water, I'm good. I don't like being. Like in the water with the shark. Yeah, no, you got to be able to draw the bow, so you need to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're good. Uh, thigh, that, thigh, about thigh deep. I would rather be eaten say. by a yeah. lion. Like I yeah. don't know. No. Yeah. I've always wanted a lion to like cut my face, so I have a cool story about like <laughs> a cool lion, like a lion call across. I think face. it might be a little bit more than like a kitten scratch, yeah. like you're making it out <laughs> to be. <laughs> As long as it's a cool scar, I don't really care. You should just get you a cat. Could, yeah. It's same, same. <laughs> Some yeah. big cat. You, you could probably just buy the claws and do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might be right. a little bit safer. But no, I will definitely hunt a shark inside of water. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I've got to see this myself. I, yeah. I, I haven't taken part of it uh, myself. You might want to talk to your wife about it and see if she wants yeah. you to do that. Yeah. But it uh, sounds no, pretty I'm awesome. I am the boss. I doubt yeah. that. <laughs> All right. hey, good was, night it Jesse. was great it was great i really enjoyed the time with y'all thank you so much have a good day Thanks, we're gonna Jesse. go to sleep yeah. <laughs> have a good one mate well. See you too buddy you. cheers thank you for listening guys that was the i am hunter podcast and we were on with jesse phillips um jump on and go and give him a follow he's a pretty cool dude as i'm sure you heard um and he does take a pretty mean photo um also helps out with Blood Origins, so you can jump on there and have a look at some of the work that he's done there as well. All-round good guy. Yep. Thanks yep. for listening, guys. If you want to view more of our content, videos, um, a lot of our written content as well as um, podcasts before, like when they're released early, um, jump on IamHunter.net. That's our membership site, and you'll get that along with a whole heap of discount codes uh, from all of the various different um, companies that we work with. We get nothing from that. That's all given back to our members. Um, so it's all for you. Cheers, guys, and thanks for listening.